Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Wow, we are so glad that you are here again. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here, and we did have an incredible week. God's house was filled with so much joy and love and passion, and I had so much fun. I'm on the last end of my voice here, so you can hang with me here this morning. But uh, even Space Dude loses his voice sometimes because we had so much fun. Over 160 kids experienced the love of Jesus Christ this week. And I want you to hear me loud and clear. It has never been about numbers, but it does matter because those numbers represent hearts of little kids that we care about and that God cares about. They're his kids, and that's why we celebrate it, because they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves them, and that is worth celebrating. Amen? So it has been, uh, it's been an incredible week, and instead of me trying to explain it to you, uh, our team put together this short little recap video. So take a look and see if you see yourself up on the video of our amazing week that we had together. Let's take a look. And praise God. <clears throat> it was an incredible week, and if you feel exhausted, uh, that's why, because we had an amazing, amazing week celebrating the love that Jesus Christ has for every single one of us. It was, it was an incredible week, uh, so much so uh, that I'm hanging on to my voice here. We're going to make it. We're going to make it through this service. But uh, it's been awesome to see so many of you uh, taking part in this week. Of the many things that I love about VBS, one of them is seeing all of us as a church work together. As we continue to grow as a church, there's over 25 different ministries that are taking place on a regular basis here at the church. But for one week, it was awesome to see people of all different ages and backgrounds coming together, being shepherds and craft leaders and rec leaders and song leaders, even our highly trained security team that made sure that we ended the night with as many kids as we started with. And that's always a good goal uh, to have around here. So we're thankful for you. Absolutely. But it was a picture of the church. If you want a picture of the church being the church, the body of Christ at work, Vacation Bible School is that. And it was so awesome to see as Pastor Hurst and I were reflecting back on this last week, our biggest reflection was it was the synergy and the unity that it brought our church, is that we are so diverse and we are so different in so many different ways as a church. But for one week, we all came together, we put our preferences, our opinions aside, and we say the kids are worth it. And a whole bunch of kids, hundreds of kids got to experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's who we are as a church. And so I think it was, uh, I think it was Thursday night because I knew we had one night uh, left and a few of us were up here on the stage after all the kids had gone home and I was sitting, I mean laying on the stage. Um, and three things came to my mind. Two of them were in my mind. Uh, I think the one was from God. Uh, the first one is I don't know if I can get up uh, because even Space Dude, believe it or not, gets exhausted uh, sometimes. And uh, the second one uh, was also, um, <laughs> maybe I felt like it was from God. It just didn't say, but it's so worth it. <laughs> it's so worth it. 
all of it was so worth it. And the third one that I felt like was from the Holy Spirit kind of caught me off guard and it, it kind of surprised me. And God spoke to me and said, John, you haven't had that much fun in a long time. Like, as a 38-year-old adult, I couldn't remember the last time that I had had that much fun. And when, when I say fun, I don't mean like happy, ha-ha, some fleeting emotion that comes and goes. It was deeper than that. It was this deep, uncontainable joy and fun. I think I had more fun than your kids this week. And God said, John, don't miss it. Don't miss it. And maybe grown-up kids, adults, that's God's word to you this morning as well. Just stop and slow down and don't miss it because the joy of Jesus Christ is available for you today. And some of you thought that you came to worship this morning to see your kids or your grandkids sing. And God says, hold on, surprise. It's for you. It's for you to open up your heart, just like we challenged the kids with this week, is to open up your heart and to receive that unconditional love and joy and acceptance of Jesus Christ. It's for you. It's for you this morning. And sometimes I think that we miss that. Some, one of the things I love about VBS is something comes alive in all of you. And I think it's that thing that we long for. Remember when being a Christian was like that? When's the last time you experienced that? And I'm not talking about in, in an outward sense. I'm talking about as a grown, mature adult. When's the last time you experienced that in your heart? And some of you long for that, and you've been missing that. And the good news this morning is that that is Jesus' offer to every single one of us. Jesus puts it this way in John chapter 15. Let's read this nice and loud together. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Complete, a.k.a. not lacking anything. And so my question to you this morning is, how's your joy-o-meter these days? If there was a, a bucket up here that had different levels that represented your joy, is it, is it overflowing this morning? Is it kind of so-so or boring or mundane or is it pretty dry? Is it pretty empty? And unfortunately, one of the things that happens to us as adults, as Christians, as we go through our Christian lives, is that one of the first things to go is joy. And it's sad and it's unfortunate because as you look around our neighborhoods and our city, Probably Christians and churches are known way more for what we're against than what we're for. And if you talk to people outside the church, is what, what I'm most concerned about. We love it that you're here, but we're a church for the people that aren't here yet. We're a church for people that are out there this morning, and they're in desperate need of that joy of Jesus Christ. Desperate need of that hope of Jesus Christ. The largest church in Des Moines is the unchurched, and we are not here to compete with any other church in Des Moines. We are on the same team. There are enough fish in the sea that need to know the love of Jesus Christ, okay? We're not, we're not here to grow Hope Elam. We're not here to grow Lutheran Church of Hope. We're here to grow the kingdom. And so when people talk to us and say, I'm coming here and I'm coming here, I say, find a local church and plug in. That's our heart for you. Find a place that teaches the word of God where your kids can come and be loved and accepted for who they are. But unfortunately, joy is the first thing to go. And unfortunately, Christians, instead of being known for our joy, we're known as hypocritical, judgmental, for what we're against, dry, dull, boring, and all those things. And Jesus says to you this morning, surprise, there is so much more. There is so much more than what you've been experiencing. And talked to a couple people this week that had a, a firsthand personal encounter with the joy of Jesus Christ. I was talking to 
a single mom that brought her two kids that was invited by another single mom that worships with us here. And I was talking to her about how much fun her kids were having. And she said, Pastor John, this is the first time that I have stepped foot in a church in eight years because somebody invited me to vacation Bible school. Amen. Praise God. I said, I said, I am so glad that you are here. That right there is why we exist as a church. Amen. That's what we're about, if not for her. Another dad was, brought his kids, and I guess, you know, like the mom comes to church, but the dad's not too excited about it, and so he was on dad duty that night, like, oh, okay, it's my night to go over to the church and, you know, pick up the kids from their little thing that they have over at the church, and, you know, okay, walks in to our closing program. <laughs> and one of our volunteers said afterwards, they were talking to him after they know each other from the community, said, that was nothing like I expected. There was like a Jesus rave in that church or something. I don't, I don't know what was going on there, but he said this, I don't know what was going on, but I need to find out more about that. I think I'll be back, is what he said. <laughs> don't miss the joy that's right in front of you. Some of you thought you were coming today just to watch the cuteness of your kids or your grandkids on the stage, and Jesus says, it's for you. Don't miss it this morning. Don't walk out of those doors and not knowing the joy that's available to you today. And just to be clear, I'm not talking about happiness. You can find moments of fleeting happiness, different places, some surface level happiness that comes and goes with the realities and the circumstances of our life. No, I'm talking about something much deeper. I'm talking about a joy, a deep joy that the world and your circumstances of your life cannot touch. In the Gospel of Matthew, if there's any Bible readers out there in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount. And each one of those phrases begins with the word what? Blessed. Blessed. Now, sometimes the Greek doesn't always translate perfectly into the English, and so there's this word in the Greek there for blessed that's makarioi. Everybody say makarioi. Not to be confused with macaroni, but makarioi, and sometimes it doesn't translate perfectly. A very, very loose and unhelpful translation would be happy. Not anywhere close. A much better translation would be something like supreme happiness or divine Happiness, I love one biblical scholar translates it this way. God's untouchable joy, completely independent of life's changes and circumstances. That is the joy that is available to every single one of you this morning in Jesus Christ. Doesn't your heart long for that? Again, I mean, that's the kind of joy that was present in the room this week. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. The reason I know that this type of untouchable joy that is completely independent of life's changes and circumstances because in the midst of all the, the noise and the music and the jumping around and the dancing and yes, even the haze. By the way, the church is not on fire. That's haze. And as the production team reminds me, if you ain't haze and you ain't praising, okay? So just remember that. It's for the kids. It's for Jesus, whatever, Okay. I'm, I'm walking around and I, I know some of what's going on in the, the real lives, the outside of EBS lives of some of our volunteers. There was a woman that was volunteering all week that found out in the middle of the VBS week that her mom has cancer. There's a young couple that I talked to that both are volunteering the entire week, finally had a baby and they find out there's some complications with their newborn. Don't tell me that they don't have the untouchable, macarioi joy of Jesus Christ. 
something happens. We punch holes in the darkness when we are able to worship in the middle of our pain. Not because of how we feel, but worship and VBS and praising and hazen has never been about how we feel. It's about the fact that God is worthy of our worship no matter what is going on in our lives. Amen? Something powerful happens. I saw you serving even when your life isn't ideal or perfect because that's the God, that's the joy that only God can give, that the world can't touch. And God says to you today, my joy is available for you because I know that your marriage is not as perfect as you make it out to be on Instagram. I know that deep down inside, you long to be a great parent and you constantly wonder if you're a good enough parent or grandparent. And God says, my joy is still available for you today. Don't miss it. It's for you. Open up your heart. And watching all the kids this week, I was reminded once again what our scripture reading said this morning. This isn't a side topic in scripture over and over and over again. God, specifically Jesus in the New Testament, lifts up kids as the prime example of how we're supposed to model our faith. It's this incredible picture. If you have your Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 10 is where we're going to be today. Jesus says, maybe learning to be a little bit more childlike, not childish, I'm talking about childlike, might be the key for you getting your joy back. And maybe, just maybe, God had you come to church this morning, not to watch your cute kids, but so you could get your heart back. So he could fill you and fill your joy bucket up to overflowing this morning. There's this beautiful scene in Mark chapter 10. Jesus is teaching. You know, he's doing the important adult serious stuff, you know, teaching and preaching and all of that. And all of a sudden, some, I'm guessing, knowing from VBS, some hot and smelly and stinky and sticky kids run up onto Jesus' lap. And what do the disciples do? No, 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 no. This, this, this guy's, this is Jesus. I mean, he's the son of God. This is not the proper time. And they're shooing him away. And you got to give it to the disciples. They, they're doing the best they can. In those days, kids were like the bottom rung of society. You got servants and you got slaves. Unfortunately, women were down there and certainly at the bottom of the totem pole, kids. Certainly Jesus has more important things to do. He's got three years to save the world. Certainly he doesn't have time for kids. And then we read that Jesus was indignant. That word for indignant, I'm not talking about slightly upset, but that word for indignant is anaganak teo. Everybody say anaganak teo. That word is only used a few other times in scripture when a holy, righteous anger comes up. It, it, scholars would describe it as a visceral, visceral reaction. And that only happens a few times in scripture. And one of those happens for Jesus, the God of the universe, when kids are not made the priority in that moment. And Jesus goes on to say this. Let's look at verse 14. He said to them, and let's read it together. Here it is. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus goes on to say, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. It is really hard to miss. God is passionately in love with kids. They are not a distraction from the main thing. They are the main thing. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt what type of church we are. We had just opened, it was a few weeks 
this last fall in, in the winter. And uh, Pastor Hurst was up here preaching. And I kind of was bouncing around back there. And I love it that we have a lot of young families with young kids that squeak and squawk and cry in worship. And there was a family over in this section over here. I was walking around. And sometimes when I see that, I'll grab a, a box of crayons and a coloring sheet. And I was walking over to him, and they knew that I was one of the pastors, and I felt so bad. This mom, she just couldn't get control uh, of her little baby. Uh, they had like a three- or four-year-old, and then they had a little baby. And parents, you've been there, and they were just all around, and Cheerios and Legos can't do the trick anymore. And they're squirming all around, and she just can't get, and she's looking around. And I can only imagine what her experience has been at other churches, because I knew that they were a newer family to our community. I can only imagine maybe the guilt and the shame that she's feeling, especially as she sees the pastor walking towards her. She's like, oh no, what's going on? And I could tell she's doing her best to calm her child down, that's screaming and crying in the middle of pastor her sermon. And I walk over there and she's looking at me over her shoulder and I can only imagine, she's like, here it comes. Here comes the shame, here comes the guilt, here comes the judgment. And I lean down by, she's on the verge of tears. And I kneel down and I say, here, I got this coloring sheet. Maybe this will help. I just want you to know, I am so glad that you and your family are here today. I don't know. Yeah, praise God. And I said, because when I hear screaming and crying of little kids in worship, that is a proof and a sign that there are kids in worship and that there are families in worship and you are exactly where you need to be. So praise God for your screaming kid in worship today. And I want you to know that. That's who we are. There is no place for guilt and there is no place for shame for kids in the house of God. And if we're going to continue to be a church that looks like and models Jesus' heart for kids, children at Hope Elam will always be lifted up and valued and respected as models for what it looks like to receive the kingdom of God. Amen? That's who we are as a church. I, I am so proud of our volunteers. You see some of these song leaders up here in the yellow shirts that started practicing those dance moves, by the way, that I still don't know. Um, two months ago, they started practicing those. And because we want to bring God's love to every kid that we can, it's not about just what happens up here on the big stage. They took it upon themselves to go. We had a bunch of families join us online for VBS this year. And in the middle of a VBS session, they came, they led everything up here for 20 or 30 minutes, danced their heart out, ran out the doors, jumped in their cars, drove halfway across the metro area to a couple families that are doing VBS online, did driveway dancing with them, danced their hearts out for 15 minutes, hopped back in their cars, drove back here, and ran up on stage for closing program to lead all the kids that are here. Because every child in the building or online matters to God. Amen? Some of you are longing for that joy today. Some of you are missing out on that passion, and you can't remember the last time you were excited to come to worship that you leapt out of bed in the morning and something in you just was lit on fire this week for some of you. And the good news is you can get that back. In fact, I had a front row to watching your kids, your grandkids, your neighbors, your friends this week, and I wanted to share with you three things that really stuck out to me that I think all of us can learn about having a childlike faith. The first one is that Macarioi joy, the uncontainable joy of Jesus Christ. Everybody say joy. The second one is passion. Everybody say passion. Passion. Their passion is contagious. I, you, I just wish all of you could have been here. From the moment they walked into the building and sometimes before the building as they're jumping out of car, not 
moving cars, but they're jumping out of the cars once they're stopped and they're, they're coming in. And there was just one little boy that was up here, I think in the, the three-year-old group up here. And every single night, I have to show you this, he didn't run to his seat. He was so excited and he was kind of trying to play it cool. Every, every night I would kind of watch him. He'd come at the same time and he kind of sashayed to his seat every night at VBS. And he was just so excited and he would sashay over here and just plop himself down. I'm just saying, I can't remember the last time I saw one of you do that. So maybe think about that, right? Oh, we had so much fun. I, you would have thought, folks, to, to watch, you would be really intrigued by some of the people that are sitting next to you uh, right now. Some of the dance moves or lack of dance skills that were exhibited this past week in the adult community uh, here uh, at Hope Elam. I, I kid you not, I watch you uh, every week. Pastor Hurst and I watch you, we watch you during VBS. And we're up here praising to these normal worship songs, and I'm not getting more out of more out of this. You're not getting your hands past your waist. Maybe you're, you're at the, the hold a casserole worship, you know, like right here. Certainly not a touchdown yet. Nobody's going there. But for some reason during VBS, for some of you adults, it was like Saturday Night Fever from the 70s. It was like your 80s, your 1980s prom in here, which was probably the last time that some of you danced like that. So you've got some work cut out for you here on Sunday morning because I know that you have it in you now. I, I, I know that you can do it. Now, some of you might say, John, that's great and all, and I, I love kids, I, I love our church, I love VBS, uh, and that's awesome. But what you're really saying is that if you're on fire for Jesus, if you're passionate about Jesus Christ, then you've got to be wild and crazy and dance around up here and, and go nuts and do all of that. Far from it. God's not so much concerned about your energy as he is about your heart. We read this in 1 Samuel Chapter 16, this is what God is after this week. Let's read it together. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Yes, the outward expression of an inward reality is very, very important. And we have told you this time and time again. You have the freedom to worship however God leads you to worship here at Hope Elam. And nobody is going to look at you funny for that. I mean, if the pastors are running around the aisles, okay, there's a lot of freedom in the spirit. Amen? Okay? And I saw that in you as volunteers this week. It wasn't so much the passion that comes from jumping up and being loud and crazy. It's the passion that comes from (laughs) some of our volunteers taking the time to pray, to kneel down next to kids and pray with them. Nurses are trained medical professionals that took the time not just to cover up a boo-boo with a Band-Aid, but pray for every single kid that went to see the nurse. Those of you that are shepherds and walked around and kept serving, even though you were probably so exhausted, you kept serving. And it's not just passion during VBS. It's all of you. It's our hospitality volunteers. It's the unsung heroes of this church that do things not for any reward, or not to get noticed. That's not why we serve, because we follow the chief servant, Jesus Christ, who took the lowest place, who took a towel and a basin of water and washed the feet of his disciples. That's why we do what we do. Not to get noticed, not to get our name out there. It has nothing to do with Lutheran Church of Hope or Hope Elam. It has everything to do with Jesus Christ, who is the one that we want to be made famous in this church. Amen? That's why we do what we do. And that's where the passion comes from. It's our prayer partners that are there every single week to pray for you, not to get noticed, but because that's who they are. And some of you had that passion for Jesus at one time, and you lost it because the last few months have been really hard for you. Certainly this last year has been really hard 
and the first thing to go was your joy and your passion. You can get that back. Jesus wants to fill us up like kids with his joy, with his passion, and finally, his openness. Everybody say openness. Jesus lifts up kids because they're willing to receive like sponges. They'll, they'll listen and repeat back anything, and so sometimes we have to be careful of what we say. So we did this little activity during opening and closing uh, every single week. Everybody hold out your hands uh, like this, because God's love is so big. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be too cool for school. Tell them that right now. Don't be too cool for school. This is, this is for all of us. God's love is so big that sometimes we would pretend that it's coming down from the sky and we got to get our arms out to catch it. So this is for all of us. God's love is so big. Here it comes. Here it comes. Everybody catch it. Oh, we've got it. Now we taught the boys and girls, what do you do? God's love is so big. The first thing you got to do is you got to receive it. So you put it in your heart, but God's love is so big that there's so much more left over. And so what do you do? You share it. You share it with your friends. You share it with your friends. Well, we did that activity 15 times. And on Friday, I had a kid come up to me. I was talking to him and his parents in the lobby. I said, what did you learn? This eight-year-old boy, what did you learn at VBS this week? He said, I learned that God loves me so much, that God's love is so big. And I said, oh, that's awesome. And he goes, and um, space dude, I'm pretty sure that God lives in the ceiling at church. It's their openness to receive. And I'm not talking about being naive. I'm talking about opening up your heart to God. As an adult, as a big kid, when's the last time you stood in awe of our God? When's the last time you walked into worship and said, wow, I get to worship the God of the universe today. Wow, God taught me something new. One of my favorite parts of EBS is when adult volunteers will come up to me and say, Pastor John, something that I learned at VBS this week was fill in the blank. What is the posture of your heart today? Is it a been there, done that, got the t-shirt version of Christianity? Maybe it's something deeper than that. Maybe God is after your heart Again, maybe Christian maturity isn't about how many Bible studies you've gone to or how many church services you've sat through. What if Christian maturity is this? Understanding, go ahead and go to the next slide. Believing what God says. Nope, go back. There we go. Believing what God says about you and living like it's true. What if having a, an open heart to God, having that openness, is understanding and believing your identity as a child of God. When we talk about these things, please, 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 don't mistake simple for shallow. Don't mistake simple for shallow. And I know that because as a pastor, till my dying day, I need to hear John 3.16 spoken over my life because I know who I would be without Jesus, without his amazing grace. For God so loved me and he so loved you that he gave you his one and only son. Never forget that. We never need to stop being reminded of the gospel. The day that that becomes old is the day that I probably need to stop preaching because I know that I am a great sinner and yet I have a great savior and his name is Jesus Christ. Do not mistake simple for shallow. Receive that in a brand new way today. Say, God, fill me up. Fill me up. I need to be reminded 
of who I am. And, and we would do this. <laughs> At the end of each night, I would have all the boys and girls, and you can do this too. You're not too cool for this either. Put your hands over your heart. And I would say, boys and girls, and even grown-ups, there are so many voices in this world other than God's that are trying to tell you who you are and what you're about. And I said the most important thing, boys and girls, is you can listen to the voice of God and tuck it away in your heart. And I, I'm looking out at a room of hundreds of boys and girls and adults, and I have them repeat after me and say, I am special. I am loved. I am chosen. I am valuable. I am worthy. God made just one me. And I'm looking out there, and I believe because of their childlike faith and their openness. I know they believe it. But I'm looking out also at a room full of hundreds of adults going, I don't know if we do all the time. I don't know if I believe that. Because as a grown-up kid, sometimes I believe the other voices out there that say you're a failure. You'll never be a good enough parent. You screwed up too badly. You'll, you'll never be used by God. And we believe those voices. And I think that some of us adults are trying to teach kids something that we don't even believe ourselves. I'm ugly. God can't use me. I'm a has-been. I got really good news for you. If you hear those voices, those are not from your heavenly father. Those are straight from the pit of hell and from the enemy. And you can pray in the name and power and the blood of Jesus to send them right back to hell where those lies came from. Because that is not who you are. Your heavenly father says, you're my child. If I don't do anything else in my ministry, it would be that every single kid that walks out those doors would walk out knowing that I am a son or daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that the most important thing that we could ever give our kids is not a cause or an agenda, as important as those things are, is to give them the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing that we could ever give them. Open up your heart. Open up your heart. <laughs> Simple is not shallow. Your kids worship their hearts out this week. Your grandkids worship their hearts out. This week, they filled, they're going to fill dozens of bags of hygiene products for our, one of our mission partners, Primary Healthcare, right down the road. They filled up an entire banner with their prayers out there. And you want to see some deep, childlike faith prayers. Go read their prayers out there in the lobby. Not, not the pray for my dead chicken one, but all the other ones are really, really, really good out there. They invited their unchurched friends. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you did that? I think it was the second to the, no, it was Wednesday. And every day, no, it was Thursday, it was Thursday. And every day we'd been saying to the kids, invite a friend, invite a friend, invite a friend. And myself and Chad, another one of our volunteers that was playing Buzz Lightyear, were standing there at the door and the kid just walks into church, which I love it that it's normal for a kid to walk into our church and see Buzz Lightyear uh, in a giant blow-up costume. And he came right up to us and he said, you guys, you guys, you guys, dragging one of his buddies along. I invited a friend! Hey, you can do that too. Even as adults. I invited a friend. Don't mistake simple for shallow. Your kids were the church this week. They lived out Acts 2. Praise God, that's the example that they set for us this week. And when we did that activity where they put their hands on their hearts, there was a moment 
one of those nights where I looked out, knowing the kind of church that we're trying to be at Hope Elam, and that it's not always easy. And that sometimes as adults, we try to divide up the world along different lines. I saw kids black and brown and black, worshiping their hearts out together, hugging each other, giving high fives, being the church together. And I thought maybe, just maybe, if we could stop with our super busy, important adult lives for a moment, we would watch our kids and know that if hate can be taught, so can love. And that's what we're after as a church. I don't want you to miss out on the life that Jesus has for you. I don't want you to miss out, grown-ups, on the love and the joy that Jesus has for you. And it would be easy to think that, wow, we did VBS, and so I get it. You know, Hope's one of these big churches that does these big, huge events, and they have, you know, it's a big show and everything like that. I'm sure it's just one week a year. Absolutely not. Because we are compelled by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we read about this in John chapter 1. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. If we're going to be a church that models the heart of Jesus Christ, let me translate that verse for you. Jesus stayed. Jesus stayed. And if we're going to model his heart, we're not going to be a church that parachutes in and parachutes out of kids' lives. We're not going to be a church that does children's ministry and then when it gets hard and it gets messy and kids don't behave and kids don't have enough food and they don't have school supplies to go back to school and they come from really difficult family backgrounds, oh, that's too messy for us. I'll give my little donation, but I can't be a part of that. That's not who we are as a church. Yes, kids need our stuff more than that. They need you. They need consistent adults showing up in their life over and over again. This isn't a once a year thing and we pack up shop and go home. This is who we are as a church. Amen. And so we do that in a couple, uh, in a couple key ways. Uh, first of all, starting next week, we're going to do a school supply drive. And some of you are like, well, everybody does a school supply drive. Well, there's not enough school supplies because we have public school teachers in our church family. And they say the look on these kids' faces when they walk in for their first day of school and they don't want to admit it, but they don't have what the other kids have. If we are a church that loves our city, there should be no kid at any school within a stone's throw of this building that goes back to school without the proper supplies that they need. That's who we are as a church. Enough talk, more walk. And so that goes from next weekend all the way through the 15th, but it goes well beyond that. We can give kids stuff all day long, but what they need is you. They need kids, that are, adults that are modeling for them what it looks like to be on fire for Jesus Christ. We do hope kids every single weekend, and there are volunteers just like you that are loving your kids and your grandkids in there right now. And I will just say this. If you love your kids, bring them to church every week. If you love your kids, tell them about Jesus. Read your Bible. Pray with them every single day. And it doesn't matter if they're eight months, eight years, or 18, or if they're 48. Love your kids. Give them Jesus. It's the best thing that you can do over and over again. And it starts before Hope Kids. We have an incredible preschool that has registration open right now for age two all the way up through transitional kindergarten. And praise God that on our fourth floor, there are kids that sometimes slip through the cracks. And maybe because of their family situation, they don't have the financial means to get a quality, private, faith-based education. And praise God that right here at Hope Elam, they can get that at Joshua Christian Academy on the fourth floor. So don't miss it. Don't miss it. There's those opportunities. And 
if you've ever wondered the impact that you can have. <laughs> I was out in the lobby one of the last nights, and I saw one of our shepherds consoling a little boy, and it later found out he was an eight-year-old boy, and this tugs at my heart because my son is eight. He was the goofy one with the mohawk up here. Leave it to the pastor's kid. And I'm watching this shepherd console this little boy out in the lobby, and things kind of got calmed down, and I went over to the shepherd. I say, what's up? And she said, he was just so sad because it's Thursday, and tomorrow's Friday, and it's the last day of EBS, and his family's going on a trip. And he was so sad that he couldn't come back. And she said his words, not mine. I'm just having so much fun. I don't want to leave this church. You can take away all the lights and all the screens and all the loud music and all the haze and all of it. We would do VBS all over again if it was for that one kid. Over 8,000 kids experienced the love of Jesus Christ at VBS the last two weeks, and we would do it all over for him. That's what it's about. One of our prayer partners told me in between services today that she prayed with a mom that walked here today two miles 35 minutes with her four kids to come to church. And sometimes I feel like I can't preach if I don't have my Starbucks. And I said, my heart just broke. I said, we have to find out who that is. That's Hope Elam. That's Hope Elam. That's who we are as a church. We've got to love her. We've got to love her and her kids. And so my challenge to us as a church, do we have the same level of passion to go to these kids and go to these families as they have to get inside these doors? Are we going to be that kind of church? Are we going to stay in our comfort zones and get all caught up and, well, my preferences and my opinions and this is how church has been for me and this has been my ritual and this has been my tradition? There's kids, there's families that are desperate for the Macarioi. The untouchable joy of Jesus Christ. Is that who we're going to be as a church? They can be entertained elsewhere, but they're finding something here that they can't find anywhere else. It reminds me of a story, and I'll close with this. A couple years ago, it was right around this time, one of our uh, volunteers from VBS came up to me and told me a story that they had heard from one of their friends that had gone on. This is pre pandemic, they'd gone on a big cruise. 5,000 people on this big cruise ship out in the middle of the ocean. And she said while they were out there, their seven-year-old girl, Hannah, got very, very sick. And at first they thought it was just the flu and she would get over it, but then it just got worse and worse. And the paramedics and the nurses and the doctors that were on the big ship tried to do everything that they could, but it was some sort of very serious bacterial condition. And she said the mom wrote this one morning in a, in a correspondence to her. Hannah needed to be in the ICU last night, but the ship had to keep going. And so I wept in the doctor's arms, and I thanked them for keeping Hannah alive. And I kept praying that we'd find a way to get her help. Because this mom was desperate. And the next morning I woke up with tear-stained eyes to the announcement of the captain of the ship announcing to the entire 5,000 passengers that we are changing course, that we are diverting the ship to the nearest largest city, all 
for a little girl that needs some help. They literally changed the vacation plans of 5,000 people and went in the opposite direction from my little girl. And she said, this is the coolest part. One of the greatest moments of her life, Hannah is alive and doing well. As they got off the cruise ship and everybody got off, the entire set of passengers, 5,000 men, women, and children, including the crew, lined the dock and the pier as their family, as she carried Hannah in her arms with IVs sticking out with the doctors walking next to her. And they clapped and they cheered and they prayed and they raised their hands to send us off so that we could go get Hannah help. The entire crew, all to save one kid. And nobody batted an eye. Nobody batted an eye about that. And I could not help but think to myself, that's VBS. No, 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 deeper than that. That's a picture of a healthy church. That's who we are as a church, to leave the 99 to find the one, to put our preferences and our ideas about what the church is supposed to be like and put those aside. And as we are fond of saying, unapologetically compete for the hearts of kids in the city of Des Moines. That's saving Hannah's life for her earthly life, which is very important. What we saw this last week is that Jesus is changing kids' lives for eternity. The least that we could do is not, okay, they turned a giant cruise ship around. The least we could do is decorate the church like a giant spaceship. The least that we could do is volunteer once a month to help and hope kids or the nursery. The least you could do is look at that family that's down the street from you or that's sitting on the bleachers at the soccer or t-ball game and say, I found something in Jesus Christ and I don't care if you say no, but I want you to come and I want you to experience my church with me. I want you to come and meet Jesus. The least we could do is that. Because when the love of Jesus Christ fills up your heart, look at your kids. You can't keep it to yourself. And you don't care what you look like or sound like. Because God's love is so big. It's enough for you today, Mom. It's enough for you today, Dad. It's enough for you today, grown-up. The macarioi, the joy of Jesus Christ is available for you today. Let him fill you up to overflowing. Don't miss it. Don't miss it today. It's for you. God's love is so big. Let it fill you up so that you can share it with the world around you. Amen? Let's stand and let's worship together. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.